0: Hey, Scott Devine here with another episode of the SPL Podcast for you. And today we've got none other than Maddie Jay with us, who is one of the students that is, you know, you got to keep your eye on at Berklee College of Music. And I thought it'd be great to get Maddie on because... Um, she's got a lot going on. She's got a fantastic band that she's going to tell you all about in this interview. But also, what I thought would be really interesting is if you could hear about her experience about getting into Berkeley, what led up to that, but then also her experience in Berkeley because it's one of the most prestigious music schools in the world. You know, everybody and their dog is interested in what goes on behind the scenes at Berkeley, and I thought it'd be amazing to get Maddie on because she's or has gone through the process, and also is a um, an Academy member as well here at Scott's Bass Lessons. So it's going to be a great interview today, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Now, before we get into it, I also want to give a shout-out to everybody that came along to the London Bass Guitar Show. It was an absolute, absolutely phenomenal experience. We had our own room there, and we were hosting four workshops each day over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I w- did a workshop. Steve Lawson did a workshop. We had Stefan Rettenbacker, Zoltan Decany, We had Cody Wright. We had Chris May. It was it was phenomenal. Out oh, and we had Phil Mann as well. Essentially, a ton of the uh, the SBL faculty from the academy. And uh, it was just an absolute scream. So huge thanks to everybody that came along. I expect a lot of you Academy members will be wondering whether you can, well, get your hands on the material that we filmed while we were there, just in case you couldn't make it. Because obviously, I think something like 60 or 70% of our audience are in the States, and there's only a small portion of our members actually in the UK. So the good news is that, yes we recorded the entire event and we were worried a little bit about the audio because we didn't know what to expect really and whether we could pull it off but it does look like it's it's good so we we are going to be sharing it with all you academy members if you remember over at ScotSbaselessons.com. so we're in the editing process as i speak right now and uh, and we'll have it to you within the next few weeks and just today is the 8th of March 2017 just to give you an idea Uh, If you're listening to this, obviously, in the future, that content will already be available to all Academy members. And each seminar was was 45 minutes to an hour long, and, and you can just grab that as part of your membership. Now, if you're listening to this on iTunes, I will send you all of my base love if you subscribe and leave a review as that helps get the word out about these interviews. And I really think there's so much that can be learned from listening to other bass players, you know, guys and girls that have done it before. What we're trying to do, get there, you know, get your bass playing to the next level. We can listen to how they did it. If you're listening anywhere else, other than scottsbassessence.com, make sure you shoot over to the site and check out the show notes for this episode, as I've put some fantastic videos up of Maddie in there for you. So you can check her out playing with a band and all those shenanigans. Very cool stuff. Now, if you're completely new to Scott's Bass Lessons, I've got some free stuff for you. You can go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. So that's scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit, and you can download a ton of free stuff. There's my base buyer's guide, um, there's free backing tracks, there's the modes revealed mini course. ton of cool stuff for you, totally free. So just go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. And you can get it there. And remember, guys, if you're an Academy member, you can also watch the entire video version of this interview as well. And if you're not already an Academy member, go over, check it out, scottsbassessons.com, because in a nutshell, it's the best online learning fo- platform for bass players on the planet. The step-by-step courses, we host live seminars every single week with some of the best bass educators in the world, and tons more, the whole nine yards. And you can take it for a 14-day free test drive... <laughs> Test trial, (laughs) test drive, as well, so you can know you can just see if it's for you. Now, without further ado, let's get into this episode hosted by Nick Wells, who's part of the SBL team, and our guest today is the awesome Maddie J. All
1: right, so just to get started, just tell us a bit about your background and how you got started playing bass.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So I grew up playing the violin. My parents put me in violin lessons when I was four. I grew up in a really small town, and there was was some violin teachers there, so that was great. But uh, around 2012, when I was in, you know, 12th grade in high school, I went to a summer program, actually here at Berkeley. um, And I was in a jazz ensemble, I was playing jazz violin, which was kind of cool, I guess. But the bass player never showed up to the ensemble, he just kept missing class all the time. So I ended up taking over the bass position. Just because you don't really need a jazz violin, but you really do need a bass player. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, after that, I just realized I was having way more fun in that class than any other class. And after that, I dropped violin, picked up bass, and obsessively practiced it for like five hours a day, <laughs> um, every day. And then I ended up auditioning for the school a few months later. So it was kind of intense and like really fast. And but ever since then, I have just been playing bass and not violin.
1: And what kind of thing were you practicing back then? you remember?
2: Back then, I was just learning bass lines. I was just listening to um, songs, and like I was listening to a lot of like lettuce and funk stuff, and uh, just like learning all the bass lines. Like, oh, that's so cool. What are you doing there? <laughs> Not really a lot of technique stuff, but um, there's actually... Um, I was looking at YouTube videos. Scott's Bass Lessons shows up, of course. And there's no teachers in my hometown, so... I was just sort of learning from him technique stuff, so that's where that all came from.
1: <laughs> and what happened next?
2: After that, after practicing obsessively, right? I, um. Well, I got into Berkeley actually, which was kind of surprising to me and my parents. <laughs> but um, yeah. Apparently, they liked me, and um,
1: how was the audition? I
2: mean, it was. It was. Uh. It was all right. I had one plugged ear. Mm-hmm. You know, I was sick. I brought in a band and I was pretty nervous. I think everyone's really nervous when you go do that because it's a big deal. But it went well. Um, you know, they cut me off halfway through my song just because they were short on time, so I was feeling pretty bad about it.
1: <laughs> right.
2: But, uh, you know, I think the interview went well. They can kind of see how excited I was about music and the instruments. So.
1: And for those people that don't know, it's split into two parts, right? There's like the performance side and the interview side. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, There's 15 minutes of an audition and then 15 minutes where you just talk with someone and they're going to ask you about, you know, what have you done to prepare yourself for school? Like, what are your goals? And that kind of stuff.
1: And who did you have in the interview?
2: Oh, no, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) He He was a teacher at Berkeley or he was working in... A sort of upper level administration. I just remember he was was Canadian.
1: They seem to get some really cool bass players in on the teaching staff.
2: Oh, definitely, but those guys don't go interview. They uh busy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so, who who have you met since you've been there?
2: Quite a lot of pretty amazing people. Is it Uh,
1: pretty mind blowing?
2: yeah it's pretty overwhelming sometimes but uh so the chair of the bass department is steve bailey right um you know one of the greatest 6 string fretless bass players sure <laughs> he has so many connections through the world he has so many friends that he uh, brings in just you know to give clinics and to meet us and you know like tim LeFave was in last weekend or last semester wow uh, michael league's been in a few times victor rootin's in once a month to, you know giving clinics i sort of stopped being surprised when I see him walking down the street, actually. <laughs> you know, he'll be in front of me buying a coffee or something. Um, and right now I'm actually studying with uh, James Genus. Oh really... my goodness,
1: that's great. James is amazing. Yeah,
2: he's, he's my private teacher, so, you know, he's pretty busy. He's recording an album with Herbie right now, so, but, you know, he, he comes in once a week to teach, which is nice.
1: So what's a typical lesson with James
2: like? he's sort of uh right now we're just working on a lot of time stuff so he's trying to expose a lot of holes in my playing he'll you know he'll put on a a metronome at like 20 bpm or something and be like okay play like a 16th note groove and just see how like close i can line up Mm -hmm. (laughs) so he's really testing me you know i'm I'm in an upper semester so he's really trying to see what i still am missing before i leave Uh,
1: has it been really tough or have you enjoyed it
2: Oh, I love it. I'm I love that kind of stuff. Um, I think it'd be a waste of time if nobody was testing you and nobody was trying to push you. So it's been it's been a pretty incredible experience.
1: And what's the environment like with other students?
2: It's uh it's kind of tough to say. It's it depends who you're hanging out with. Of course, you know there's some really competitive people out there, especially right. You know the jazz players that you know the. They have the cats, and they all go to Wally's, and, um, (laughs) but it's such a diverse school. It's really different than a lot of other conservatories and, you know, jazz schools and classical schools, because everybody coming in is coming from a different background, and they all have different goals and different niches, so there's not actually as much competition as you would think. There's just a lot of people sort of finding their own thing, and, um... I've met you know, all of my best friends I'm going to have for life I've met here and all the people in my band are just really good friends of mine so it's pretty incredible just to have a group and a community of people who are all as excited about music as you, who are all very passionate, hard-working people sort of you keep each other motivated
1: So what would be your survival guide for someone just about to start?
2: <sighs> uh, don't let people intimidate you. Don't let, you know, there's going to be a lot of people going up there, especially bass players at first. They're going to go up there and they're going to shred. And I was, I, I still can't solo my way out of a paper bag. Like, it's not really <laughs> my thing. <laughs> but um, I've done just fine not being able to do a shred solo. And it's all just about finding your place, finding what you're good at, and what you love, really. And if that is shred soloing, then that's great. But Don't let those people, you know, sort of dictate what you're going to do. Just help, you know, they can help you motivate yourself to practice. Uh, But it's pretty easy to get a little discouraged at first, I'd say, with all these incredible players around.
1: And what's next?
2: After, after Berkeley, moving out to Los Angeles, I'm graduating in May, May Mm 13th. It's the last day. And um, I have a year on my optional practical training before they kick me out of the country. <laughs> right. So, I'm Canadian, so um, I'm gonna move there. I'm gonna just do a lot of auditions, try to get some freelance work together. I have a few connections that I've made through Berkeley as well. They're really good about um, you know, getting you to meet people. And they actually took me out to Los Angeles last year as a part of a scholarship fundraiser, and I got to meet some really amazing players out there. So. I'm just gonna start sending emails, making phone calls, uh, you know, going out to jam sessions and stuff, and just see if I can get the ball rolling. Maybe you know, have to be patient at first. I feel like it will be going to Berkeley all over again, you know, starting all over <laughs> a little bit.
1: Do Berkeley prepare you for that kind of transition, aside from just becoming better on your instrument? How to actually begin a career as a professional?
2: Yeah, that's really Berkeley's whole thing. Actually, they're always talking about like. Not just networking, but professionalism, and you know, I'm taking a studio class right now, and it's essentially mimicking like what working in a studio is going to be like. So we go in, they hand us a chart, we have two hours tops, and we have to like arrange the song, record it. We have maybe three or four takes, and it's, it's very high pressure, uh, and they're expecting a lot of us. But those kind of skills are going to be really amazing to have once I go and actually start working. I'm not just going to be going in. You know green with no experience uh, so they're definitely very career oriented definitely trying to keep the teaching very hands-on uh, all the teachers are actually working right now you know they're teaching but they also have careers or have had careers like amazing careers so you learn a lot about the industry you learn a lot about how to you know make it i guess sure. <laughs>
1: who have been some of your biggest influences would you say
2: at first all I did was just try to be Tal Wilkenfeld, (laughs) because you know she's such a good role model uh, for young women trying to play bass like you don't really see a lot of people that look like you up there but she was killing it Um, I transcribed everything she did with Jeff Beck and like a lot of stuff off her solo record Uh, right now I'm super into you know Joe Dart he's playing with Wolfpack yeah impressive I love Tim Lefebvre I love what he's doing I think he's just so creative um, and down-to-earth uh, I'm really into a lot of you know R&B players like early 2000s kind of like Raphael Sadiq sort of groove players Pino Pino. Yeah. that's sort of my main jam right now
1: and that really comes across in, in the YouTube videos I've seen of your band oh really yeah well um, can you good. tell us about that the, the PH Collective right
2: yeah, so uh, that was a project that I started a couple years ago, just as a passion project. Um, I had all this music that had been cooking around in my head, and I didn't really have an opportunity to play it. And I w- I'm not really a singer, so I couldn't just go and sing my song. So I actually got a couple of friends together. It was actually more than a couple. There was like 12 people in the band initially, because I was like, gotta have horns, gotta have three backup vocalists. Yeah. Um, and we started playing my music. It's sort of... I call it acid jazz even though it's you know it's sort of a bit beyond like what acid jazz was back in the 90s I think Um, just different but it's just kind of catchy I like that Um, yeah and we've just been playing for the last two years we recorded an album last exactly a year ago actually we were recording just put it out in August it's been amazing because I've gotten tons of experience as a band leader just like learning how to tell people what I want out of my music because that's really important. Um, I work with a lot of songwriters and stuff and sometimes it's really hard to tell what they want and that makes it really hard to give them what they want, I guess, as a as a player. So just having that experience is pretty awesome and knowing how to work with musicians, knowing how to get everyone to the gig, like learning how to pay people, learning how to you know, coordinate things, get a mixing engineer, learn what mastering is, I guess. Um, And just the whole process was pretty amazing.
1: And what what's the hardest thing about being a band leader and playing the bass and singing? (laughs)
2: Um,
1: Are there ever moments where, where the music's not doing what you want it to do on stage and you have to try and figure something out?
2: Yeah, you know, there's times on stage where somebody misses something and, like, we lose the form or something... But you really just have to keep, like, you just have to keep, you know, I'm, I'm the front person of the band, so I can't worry about what's happening behind me. But luckily, the people in my band are pretty together. Like, they're amazing musicians. They can keep it all together. But I'd say, like, the hardest part of things is, like, organization. I'm just not good. Uh, you know, I'm a musician, so having to learn how to organize all these rehearsals and get everyone together has been the hardest part. <laughs> but definitely worth it, I think.
1: And how about your songwriting? Where does that come from? Do you write on the bass?
2: Yeah, I write a bit on the bass. Usually, I'll start with like a groove, cause that's you know that's what I love. But I, I make demos on my computer on Logic, and I usually have a pretty good idea of how everything's gonna sound by the time I bring it to the band. Uh, I've just always I've just always been a writer. I didn't really study that here. Um, I took a couple of arranging classes, but. Writing's is just a bit of like a side thing for me that I, it's kind of gotten more and more as the band's been going, like I've just, it's sort of become like the thing that I do now, but uh, it's always just been kind of there. and something I like to do for fun.
1: <laughs> and how about singing? Singing and playing the bass at the same time. It, it has its challenges.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm still, that's going to be a lifelong struggle for me. <laughs> Um, the funny thing is about being a girl too, and you know, there's not a lot of us around here, but people just always assume I can sing for some reason, uh, right. and I used to be so bad. I, I could not carry a tune to save my life, but um, I've gotten better. I took a vocal lab for non-vocalists, and I've been learning how to develop my voice and stuff, because it's always been something I'd really like to do. Uh, I actually got a a work position, I, I worked at Hershey Park, it's a theme park in Pennsylvania. Right. Um, and I was playing in a in a funk band, and in that we were playing five shows a day, six days a week for four months straight. So it was pretty intense. But they made me sing backup vocals, and I just had to learn, and I just like had to learn how to do it. Um, and that really helped. And they also had to dance as well.
1: <laughs> There's
2: that. choreo. So I think that that experience just like I paid my dues there. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a lot. It was a hundred degrees outside it's not a fair night. Um, every day playing like cool in the gang and earth when yeah. and Fire, and trying to keep it all together
1: <laughs> What advice would you give to, to people trying to figure out how to play bass and sing without losing either part?
2: I always if it's, a, if it's a, the thing that really throws me off usually is like the rhythmic stuff like trying to keep it all in the grid um, so usually what I do is I'll slow it down like way way down And just see how the rhythms of the voice and the rhythms of the bass line up. So, like, what words land on the downbeat. So I always have, like, a little, the next goal, like, what word needs to land where. And then eventually I'll speed it up and it just sort of starts to get this natural feel. Um, But it's never, for me, it's never easy right off the bat. Like, I always have to work on it. You can't just tell me, here, sing that and play that. And, you know, I actually have to practice it.
1: And you have a great bass as well. I saw in your... uh... Yes. F bass, right?
2: Yes, I have my F uh, bass. It's my baby.
1: (laughs) How long have you had it?
2: I got it um, two years ago. I got it. And, you know, it's been such an amazing instrument. It's super versatile. I also have, like, an old, like, a vintage jazz bass that I play. But as far as, you know, for other stuff, for... Yeah, you know, I, I use that vintage jazz bass for, like, more acoustic sounding stuff and, like, more vintage sounding things. But this F bass can sound like a fusion bass. It can sound like an old P bass. It can sound like, like, kind of like a fretless sometimes if I, like, EQ it right. Um, so I tend to, <clears throat> sorry, I tend to use it for most things.
1: And did you get it direct from the guys there? Were you involved yeah. in, the, in the making of it?
2: Yeah, they actually got a hold of me. They found my YouTube channel and, you know, they're Canadian, I'm Canadian. We hit it off. So I actually went up to the the shop there and I got to play a bunch of their bases and I got to pick one out, you know, and then I, I got to pick, like, the size of my neck and the color. It's the, like there's only two that are this color, which I did on purpose because I wanted to be unique. <laughs> um, yeah, I got to pick out, like fretboard like what kind of wood I wanted and at that time I like didn't really know so they actually helped me out a lot with that making those decisions and yeah I ended up being super happy with it
1: do you feel like you connect more with that bass having been to the shop and met the guys personally and chosen the woods and stuff like that more so than you would with your jazz bass it's just kind of off the shelf
2: I mean the jazz bass is very special to me it was like mm-hmm. my first real instrument and I'm never going to sell it I don't think because I learned how to play bass on it Right. but this bass is just so inherently me like it's my favorite color they actually like cut out a boob groove for me right. funny. like it's actually like it's made for me for my hands and that, I think that's just so special um, and the guys at the shop are just some of the most wonderful people they're so kind and so helpful um, so I feel, you know, really connected to the company. They, they listen to my music and, you know, we email back and forth every once in a while.
1: Yeah. That's nice. You seem really excited even talking about it. It's, yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, what other gear do you use?
2: Um, that's sort of it right now. I'm holding off on buying an amp until I move just because being sure. in Boston, these tiny apartments, and I actually have access to all the gear that they have at the school. So um, the plan is to invest in a probably a mark base that's what you know that's kind of what i feel also light i'm not that strong so (laughs) um it'd be nice to have a light amp to haul around and yeah i'm not a pedal guy so just straight in do
1: they give you advice about gear at at berkeley
2: um i think they try to go that far they try to abstain from telling you what to play. And a lot of the teachers actually have endorsements because companies are like, oh, like your students, like they'll be seeing you play. But I've never had a teacher tell me you should play this bass or you should do that because I think they're trying to foster like a really, um, an environment that encourages you to do your own thing. But they do have like this pedal lab where you can just learn about pedals and they just have like six huge pedal boards in a room that you all play through with like 25 pedals on it. And um, yeah, the, the vice, or the secondary chair of the department teaches that class and he just knows everything about pedals. So you can, you can learn, they'll never tell you what to do, but you can learn about them. And they also have a pedal library, which I use all the time. So I, you know, for some of my classes, like I did the Parliament Funkadelic Lab, so I needed to have like an envelope, you know, for that funk sort of thing.
1: Where is the best place for, for us to find you and find your music?
2: Yeah, I'm I have music on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, all the streaming services. I have a Bandcamp, you can get hard copies and stream as well uh, of my band's music. I'm on YouTube, we have a couple of music videos up there. Um, otherwise, you can just find me on Facebook, Maddie J on Facebook. Send me a message. Um, I love talking to people, especially people who are interested in going to Berkeley. So, feel free to get a hold of me there. And yeah,
1: and you have a new EP coming out?
2: Yes, I do. So Tell us about that. In, in May, uh, we're putting out a four-song EP. It's just all the songs that I've written uh, in the last couple of months that I wanted to get recorded before I head out. So I'm pretty excited about that. It'll be coming out May 6th, and we're working on all the overdubbing and basics right now and getting it mixed throughout the next month. Sounds cool. Yeah.
1: All right, Maddie, well, thank you so much. Best of luck with finishing up at Berkeley and... The big move over to LA sounds really, really cool. Um, Wish you all the best with it.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
1: All right. Okay, guys,
0: hopefully you enjoyed that interview with Maddie J. And again, you can find her, all the links and videos of her over on scottsbacesessons.com on that particular episode. Just go to scottsbacesessons.com, look in the top navigation, you'll see podcasts, click on that, and then you'll find her interview there. Again, if you want to check out the show notes for the episode as well, it's all over there. I've put videos of her playing with her band it's super cool so I really recommend that you go and check it out and remember guys if you're an academy member at Scott's Bass Lessons you can also watch the entire video version of that interview as well as you can all of the other interviews that we've done you know guys like Gabby Willis uh, Doug Wimbish Hadrian uh, Faro. Uh, Ricky Mine, you know, there's tons of guys that we've interviewed over the last year and a bit. And if you're not an Academy member already, just go over and check it out at scottsbasslessons.com. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world, on the planet ever. There's step-by-step courses, you know, self-study courses that you can take in your own time. We also host live seminars every single week with some of the best bass educators on the planet, so you can react, interact with them in real time and ask them questions from the comfort of of your own home and we've got a completely free 14-day trial so you can take the entire thing for a test drive just to see if it's for you now other than that guys we will be back next week with another podcast but until then take it easy and as always i'll see you in the shed